Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Beers and Ears podcast. What is part two of our Obi-Wan Kenobi series wrap-up? This is Casey. And I'm Matt. I almost stopped you. I was like, wait, part two was last week. That was the Disney Store episode. All right, here we go. I'm back on board of what there we're doing. There you go. Yes, yes. It's not part two of the Disney Store episode, which, by the way, actually has turned out pretty good. It was a fun episode. I hope you've all had a chance to listen to both part one on the Discontinued on Display, Matt's Mistress podcast feed, uh, and then, of course, part two on our feed, where we had a chance to talk about what the Disney Store could be. No, but this one is, you know, we did something we had never done before. We had done a mid-series kind of recap of where we were with Obi-Wan at that point. We don't usually do that um, because we're usually two or three episodes ahead. Right now we're like two or three days ahead if that. Um, But so here we are. Obi-Wan Kenobi has been out and over for a couple of weeks. People have moved away from Star Wars and have bounced back over to to Marvel, which we'll talk about in a couple of moments. But um, I think it's time for us to just quickly, or to not quickly, but recap the last three episodes and just the series overall and how it fits into the Star Wars canon. Yeah, so we want to, you know, make sure we wrap up, tie the bow on the episode that we did of the mid-series update. Um, But first, we got got some, like, just quick hit parks and Disney news. It's Christmas in July, baby, and the ornaments have dropped. Yes, they At least some of them, not all of them. Yeah, the first wave, which usually happens in July, have dropped. So I, I want to kind of rewind it a little bit because when we were out in Disneyland, and even prior to that, there, some ornaments had already dropped dropped on Shop Disney. But then when we were out in Disneyland, we were starting to see some of the sketchbook ornaments drop there as well. And there's always been a difference between the sketchbook ornaments and the way and the park the park ornaments. There's always been kind of a little bit of a difference, but they look gorgeous this year. They look absolutely gorgeous. New scenes new characters i know a couple that you sent me were matt sent me a picture of three of them and it was the the uh, elliot the dragon and right the uh, elliot the dragon yeah yeah you're right um aladdin in front of the cave of wonders and oswald the lucky rabbit and my response back to him was yeah i have two of the three of those in my basket already you could take guess which ones they are the cave (laughs) of wonders one is awesome and then yeah. just the fact that Oswald is getting some love is delightful. It's been a couple of years since Oswald had an ornament. I have two Oswald ornaments that they did my first year at the Disney Store in two, 2014, and then my second year at the Disney Store in 2015. I have not seen Oswald ornaments since. In fact, Disney has not produced anything Oswald. It doesn't have anything Oswald whatsoever on their website at all. And there was nothing at Disneyland for Oswald. And domestically, no. no. It's internationally that you, you see a lot of Oswald stuff. That's where yeah, you, I, you, you see a lot of it. It's frustrating because he's such an awesome character. I have a couple of others in my, in my uh, basket as well. Did you see the Fantasia ornament? Yes. The one with Trinabog? Trinabog, yeah. Was that that last year's, though? There was one like it last year, but it didn't have Sorcerer Mickey in front of it. It was just Trinabog. And then there is a Who Framed Roger Rabbit ear ornament with Benny Benny, and then um, Jessica and Roger on it, which I'm really I saw that one. Yeah. And on the back, it's got um, the baby as well. Yeah, baby Herman. Yep, 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 yep. No, so there's, there's there's several... They are a little bit pricier this year. I'm not going to lie. They're 25 to 30 bucks a piece. Holy smokes, man. Yeah. I mean, I will say 
if they're higher quality, I'm more okay with it. But also, it's hard. It's it's hard to eat that that cost of an ornament when, especially, it's something that goes up like you know, around Christmas time. Either. Yeah, yeah. I will say, I ordering ornaments is a concern online because they don't always get shipped where they're safe. Um, although the ones I ordered last year, I got to say, came safely, so I was okay with that. But um, I, I've actually, I've got, I've, I've got an addiction. I buy too much stuff from Shop Disney, man. Like <laughs> my, key, my key addiction has gotten so bad, out of control. <laughs> it is out of control. Like I'm getting two or three keys a month at this point. It's absolutely ridiculous. And of course, now I'm stuck on ordering these Mickey Main attraction keys. Yeah. Because I've gotten five of the the twelve that are that that will be coming out, but they are they're full metal keys. Like they are really cool. I just got the Tiki Room one. Nice. Yeah, you yeah. can't stop now. Like if you've got no, five of the twelve, like exactly. Come on. And honestly, yeah, they're thirty bucks a piece. You know, at the end of the day, I'll end up spending like three hundred and sixty bucks plus shipping on them. But it's a cool collection. They come in really big boxes and stuff. Yeah. But, well, so, and that's one right. of those things where like everybody spends money on something that someone else thinks is frivolous. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, we all do around, it. I look around in my Disney room. I have made the decision. I am going to start. I don't want to say purging, but like selling stuff that I don't necessarily have the personal connection to. Yeah. And I'm going to keep like the Mickey plush and I'm going to keep the keys, but like some of the stuff that, you know, you know how it was when you were at the Disney store and something would go clearance, you go, Oh, I want to buy that. And you buy it. Cause it's clearance. Like, you know, like, do I really need a flounder plush? Probably not. Like, I, I've got a chill here. I don't really need a, I mean, who, who, who needs a flounder plush? I know there's someone out there going, I need a flounder plush. Yeah, I, might yeah. even, I might even, maybe, maybe we'll, uh, you know, auction some stuff off or something. I don't know. To the to Yeah, do a beers and ears auction for, yeah. you know, we could probably do some charity or, you yeah. know, so, charity being. Stuff in here, so. But anyway, so the second thing I wanted to bring up, besides the ornaments, um, something we've talked about on this pod before, but the Carousel of Progress got an update. Carousel of Progress get an update. And by update, we mean they got some new clothes. Yeah. They don't look like they're out of the '80s anymore. Yeah, they look they look uh they look really great. I think the joke is that one of them looks exactly like Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, the 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 main guy is a completely different animatronic now, which is what's yeah. crazy about it. So I'm gonna read this 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 is coming from Walt Disney World News today. So the Carousel of Progress family has all new outfits in the final scene of the attraction at the Magic Kingdom. In this scene, the family is celebrating Christmas surrounded by relatively modern to futuristic technology. Remember grandma kicks her grandson's butt. Um let me see here. Near the Christmas tree, grandpa has a new black cardigan white shirt, red tie, and gray plaid pants. Ooh la la. Ooh. He's holding the same patterned tie gift in his pipe from before. His gray hair has been updated. So he's got new gray hair. He actually looks a little bit more like like bronze gray, kind of like a uh, like a blondish gray. Okay, so now the, the, the daughter. The daughter, Patricia, has a more modern hairstyle. <laughs> This just makes me laugh that we're doing this. She has bangs and the rest of her hair is Whoa. messy <laughs> ponytail. Now, instead of a pink sweater over a yellow shirt, she's wearing a gray Progress Tech hoodie, a reference to Progress City, which I think is kind of cool. The hoodie says the hoodie says Progress Tech is a school of urban planning. When Carousel of Progress was at Disneyland, the same building also housed the original Progress City model, which is cool, which now sits in the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. 
the People Mover got a new narration today, also referencing Progress City and urban planning. Very cool. This is my favorite part, though. Patricia is now wearing pajama pants and slippers featuring a reindeer with a tongue sticking out. <laughs> a reference to floppy-tongued reindeer originally featured in the parks in the 1960s. The boots in her lap are now brown and resemble hiking or snowboarding boots more than her old white skiing boots. What I think most important is she doesn't have those darn socks that look like they're rolled up from the 1980s. Yep. <laughs> she doesn't look like she's straight out of the 1980s. Okay. Over by the TV, Grandma is still wearing a, or, sorry, is wearing a new pink sweater dress with a black cardigan. She has the same holiday brooch on her lapel. She has new hair, more of a blonde bob than her old style, and the cat is still sleeping soundly in front of her. The son, James, has traded his striped shirt for a gray and blue pullover. The logo on his left breast features a mountain sun and snowflake. It seems to be inspired by a possible logo for Walt Disney's canceled Mineral King Ski Resort, which was developed in the 1960s. Interesting. Her, his hair seems to have been replaced, but is approximately the same as the old style. Interesting. Um, continuing on. Oh, yes. He's still wearing a gray turtleneck and jeans, but the latter are more modern, dark wash. He's also wearing reindeer slippers. That must be the new thing for the 2000s. Reindeers. Yeah, yeah. That, that old outfit looked like something straight out of the 1980s. I'm not going to lie. All right, here's my favorite part. Mom and dad weren't left out of the makeover. Dad, John, has darker and shorter hair. He's wearing a red Christmas sweater instead of a blue one, and his, his green poinsettia apron, apron has been replaced with one that reads, My Food Rocks. That's a reference to Food Rocks, which was yes. from 1994 to 2004. Food Rocks! He's wearing a white button-up under his sweater. Mom, Sarah, has dark brown hair and is pulled back, and she has new dark-rimmed glasses. She's wearing a gray sweater instead of a red one. The scarf around her neck is red, orange, and blue. It's similar to the old one, but is new. She's also wearing more modern dark jeans with gray socks and black loafers. Uh, yeah, when you look at their old looks versus their new looks, like it's a especially it's, the mom, it's completely different. It's definitely better. Okay, so yeah. is the lesson here that if you just put clothes, like new clothes, on on Disney animatronics, we love it. Like Figment gets a Christmas sweater and we all go nuts. This well, guy, like, this like just one, put clothes I, on people. This wasn't just clothes. I mean, they went all out with the oh, hair. Yeah. Um, even Rover, Rover got a big red bow around his neck. Nice yeah. way to go, Rover. Honestly, this is something we've talked about on the pod before. They they needed to do this. Like I, I and honestly, the scene still plays. It just now they look like they're more modern as opposed to. 1980s but it's a good change it's good to see them like put the tlc into it i just think it's funny that like the 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 stuff that we love the most is when people change outfits this this is one of those things though this is surprising that they did this because they're not gonna get an roi on this it's not like the carousel of progress is the reason why people go to the magic kingdom the Carousel of Progress, in a lot of ways, is the place that a lot of people sleep through unless you're a diehard Disney fan, right? But they did it anyway. So I know we've been rough against Chappic, but if this was a Chappic call or definitely a DeMauro call, call probably, kudos. Like, this this is yeah. this is what we're talking about. This is 
this there's no money involved here in terms of them getting money back it costs a little bit of money for them to do it but it, it appeases us disney fans to see this this is exactly the kind of thing that they needed to do yeah because you're right there's there's this is not everything that I, I feel like has been done up until this point with the Chapek era with with the, the Bob Chapek era has been money, money, money. That's the that's money, the sole money, purpose. Money. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this very much is like a it's a treat. It's a treat for us. Like yeah. you better bet that I got to go see the Carousel of Progress now when I go to, to the Magic Kingdom next. I got to see everyone's baby. new clothes. I know, and I'm so excited. I get to see it in October. I don't think I've told this group yet or not, but I am going back to Walt Disney World in October for Lou Mangiello's Momentum Weekend. Um, there are still tickets available if anybody is interested. I think he's got like 20 or so tickets left, um, but it's it's October 20th through the, well, the the weekend. It's that weekend, but we're going down that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and coming back Tuesday, and I'm yeah. bringing my brother, and I'm really excited. It's a brother's trip. That's going to be fun. Um, just the two of us. And and I'm so excited. We're doing Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. We're going to have an episode that. on that. We are. It's so exciting. And then um, we've actually got some fun content coming up. Uh, Matt and I have sat down right before we started recording um, the episode. We have got some. We're, we're planned out through the end of October now. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of Disney content. Um, uh, you lots know, I, of I, content. lots of Disney content. Halloween content, like yeah. we're 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 excited. We're excited. Speaking of, did y'all see the Hocus Pocus two teaser trailer? Ah! How I, amazing! I'm excited to see. What I love about what happened with this movie is Hocus Pocus two was first announced, and they were doing like a totally different storyline, and. The fans went, no, (laughs) no, 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 no. And ultimately, like, Disney fixed it. They went, okay, wait a minute. They pulled a Sonic. They pulled a Sonic. Yeah, they pulled a Sonic, uh, which we'll talk more about next week. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Rescue Rangers, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) But, uh, uh, yeah, like, I'm happy to see that this is the movie that we're getting. I think it's a perf. This is a perfect Disney, you know, straight to Disney Plus movie. I am disappointed on that. I think they should have taken it to the the theaters. Really? I am shocked they didn't. Because I I know why, and I know the argument, which is they did the original one in the theaters and it was a flop. But the original one in the theaters, no one knew it. This is this is the the pure definition of a cult classic turned like fan favorite. If it was to go to the theaters, would it be breaking box office records? Absolutely not. Would it be able to make up the money? Absolutely. And then some. I'm shocked that it it isn't. They chose to put Lightyear in the theaters, which has not turned out all that well, which I think that could have been a Disney Plus easily. You know, so I don't know. I just I'm really shocked that this didn't go to the theaters. I really. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, Or a simultaneous release. Or, or 30 days in the theaters and then Disney Plus. I don't know. Something yeah. like that. No, I or hear even you. Premiere, even premiere on Disney Plus. I don't know. But, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Did you see the video of um, the, the, the Bette Midler and Kathleen Jimmy and Sarah Jessica Parker reacting to the trailer? Oh, no. I did not see that. Yes. I think Disney put it out. There's a there's a video of them watching the trailer when it gets released. And they just okay. – it, it's absolutely awesome. So, yeah. yeah I, cool. I can't wait. And then, of course, Nikki's Not So Scary, they have the – 
the, the, the Hocus Pocus villain spectacular stage show. So I wonder if that'll be updated with some of the new stuff. Because, oh, that's right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited. So anyway, um, let's move on. Are you ready to move on to our topic at hand? Let's talk some Obi-Wan. <laughs> um, so when we last left you, we had gotten through part three. Um, uh, uh, Kenobi had just faced off against Vader. Oh, spoilers ahead. Let's just be honest here. Yeah. <laughs> Kenobi had just faced, faced off against Vader for the first time. Um, and uh, Leia gets captured by Riva. Um, Tala rescues uh, Kenobi from, I think, the fire. And, and then we have three additional episodes. Um, did you see the thing on, on, online that said that the reason why these episodes were labeled part one, two, three, four, five, and six was because the Deborah Chow, the director, and, 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 and the whole Lucasfilm team, they were actually trying to mirror to some degree the themes of episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four, five, and six. I don't know how well that stood up, but that was an interesting theory. I would have to go back and like, I mean, I think loosely, yes. Like if you're looking at the end of episode three, Darth Vader wins kind of, um, if you can call it that, um, you know, episode five is definitely more of a, like, you know, the rebellion is, is in trouble. It's empire strikes back. Episode four kind of has like a, a more, there's hope for this rebellion. Then episode six kind of is the culmination of all this. I, 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 I also don't feel like, do you look at episode names when you start the episode? I do. Yeah. See, I, I, I don't, I just, I okay, do. this is the next episode. I, I don't, that, that I don't care a, what the title is. That is a West wing trait in me because West wing had this habit for every one of their seven seasons, every episode, the name of the episode was a part of dialogue that was spoken by one of the characters. Okay. So I, I, I did get in the habit of looking at that. Um, Okay, so let, let's get into this for a second. I, I don't know if we want to go episode by episode. I don't necessarily know if I want to do that. But what I do no. want to talk about, I think we all knew that Reva was one of the younglings. I, I think that was kind of an obvious point. What was not obvious to me and what I felt was an amazing twist, and I don't know about you, was that she really wasn't trying to work for Vader. She was working against Vader the whole time. I felt that was a really interesting plot point. How did you feel about that? I thought it was interesting, but I also... I I, I also thought that... I, I really liked her character, but this felt like a pretty deep flaw in storytelling. Really? Yeah, because, okay, so... I'm upset that this has happened. I've lost my family. So I'm going to go join. I'm going to murder a bunch of Jedi. And that's going to help me get to Vader. Like, that that doesn't track to me. And then her whole emotional, like, where were you, Obi-Wan? He was your Padawan. Where were you? It's like, yeah, I was on another planet getting shot at. And yeah, but can you really expect a 10-year-old to understand that? I, I, I don't know. It just, I... I that one just felt like uh, I, I, I mean, trauma is trauma and makes you makes people do odd things, um, and and so like I guess I get it from that standpoint. But the the motive of I'm trying to get to Vader and this is how I'm going to do it, and then even beyond that of some of her 
some of her actions in the last episode were just like, what, what, what are you doing? I, I will say it was really weird to see her go from what happens in episode five at the end where she gets defeated by Obi-Wan and or not by Obi-Wan, but basically Darth discovers her treachery, et cetera, et cetera, and basically leaves her to die. And then he over she overhears the fact that there's the child on Tatooine and she goes to Tatooine. Like that felt weird to me. That, like, that you're going to go, you're gonna go kill, you're going to go kill Luke now because it's Vader's son that invader doesn't even know the son exists. Like that did feel awkward to me that, 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 that was going to be, that, that felt really weird. Um, okay. I got to say, continuing in Disney plus tradition, the pen ultimate episode was probably the better of the, the, the last two episodes. Yeah, absolutely. I loved how they brought Hayden Christensen back in as, as Anakin. I loved how they used their duel, their practice duel as a way, as a grand setup for how the two of them were going to meet again. And in the play, basically that Obi-Wan calls to get those people out of there. Uh, uh, Complete agreement where it's like the, the flashback is you're too, you, you, you just are attacking all the time and it flips to the present and it's, I know exactly what he's going to do next. He's going to attack. And he does like that, that interweaving of that. And I thought, you know, one of the things that, that Hayden Christensen gets a lot of flack for, at least he, he did get a lot of flack for was his quote unquote bad acting. Yes. I think what we've kind of discovered is, wait a minute. It wasn't his acting. It was the writing was bad and he was trying to act bad lines because the writing was better here. And I felt like there was some real genuine in those flashback scenes, some real genuine emotion and hurt and depth to his performance yes. because the dialogue well, was written better. T- time out, though. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you the writing was bad and you can see it not only in Hayden Christensen's characters, but in some acting, but in some other acting as well. But in fairness, when you get an actor like, like Ewan McGregor, who even has bad acting or bad writing to go with, he can still act the crap out of it. And he did a really good job. That said this new series. Yes. The writing was a hundred times better. And frankly put Hayden Christensen, Christensen has grown tremendously as an actor. Yes. And his, his performance both as Anakin and as Darth Vader were tremendous in this episode. And we're going to get to episode six here and get to episode six here in a second when that helmet gets crushed and you can see part Vader, part Hayden, which are part Anakin, which is just amazing. But that scene when him and Obi-Wan are battling and going back and forth and um, it, you can definitely see that emotional depth. You can see the Vader growing inside of him which I just think is, he did a tremendous job. You know what else I like too? I was expecting them to anti-age them a little bit for that scene, mm. and they didn't. No. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. that they didn't anti-age Hayden. Like, they, they could have, you know, because you could clearly see he had wrinkles and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, it still did exactly what it was supposed to do. I mean, listen, the original Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire, Tobey Maguire looked 30 and he was trying to pass off as like a high school kid and we didn't care. 
Yeah. Like there, there's some of we just don't care. We can suspend the disbelief for this. Okay, I have to say, the moment where he walks in, the ship is taking off, and he just puts his hand out and stops. Yes. I was like, oh. Yes. That is pure oh. Vader right there. Pure oh. Vader right there. That was so awesome. It really was. It, it was it was like something straight out of a video game where if you were playing Vader, you feel you could do it. You know, that's what it felt yeah. like. Yeah. Okay, so I want to go to a conversation that you and I had before obi-wan came on when we were talking about obi-wan coming you and i had a conversation where we were talking what whether or not we thought obi-wan and vader would meet we knew vader was going to be in the show we didn't know how they were going to use him but we knew he was going to be in the show and we had a conversation and i had questions i was like how are they going to make this work you know the last time that they met was the time on mustafar and 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 how are they you know are they going to retcon this or whatever so then we get the first meeting in part three and it's a kick butt it's a kick butt meeting between the two of them the fire and and the way that you know you can feel vader's rage and all that stuff but even with the way that ends we walk out of that going it still doesn't it's it doesn't feel like the next meeting they're going to have is the one that happens in episode four there's yeah. got to be something else i have to hand it to the writers to deborah chow to lucasfilm the way they wrote that final interaction between kenobi and vader with the mass cut vader on his knees obi-wan still trying to find anakin in there and 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 then you get basically the where everything finally ties together where you have vader go you know i killed anakin which then mm -hmm. leads obviously to obi-wan's line in episode four of you know darth vader killed your father and then when he walks away and says you know darth instead of anakin for the first time because he's always referred to him as anakin yeah until that moment the way they connected all of that i mean i get chills talking about it right now but i had chills and tears watching the darn thing i don't know about you that that scene was i mean all scenes i mean there's one in the there's one in the cartoons as well where they they have his mask half his mask and you can see half his face those are just emotional scenes because Darth Vader, the, the, the aura of Darth Vader is that he do, you cannot see facial expressions. Yeah. Um, and that's not just with Darth Vader. I mean, that's the same thing with like Boba Fett or the Mandalorian. Like part of their mystique is the flatness of the what yeah. the helmet brings. Whereas when you have that cut off and you can see the emotion you 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 get something you get just a deeper deeper understanding of the character and like you said it's obi-wan still trying to bring him back and then kind of accepting that I, you know what i'm really not <laughs> uh, you know a lot of these these prequels these things that fill fill in the gaps between one thing that we already know and one thing that is our, that is coming sometimes it, it's hard to suspend kind of your imagination about what is happening because you already know what's going to happen but a true storyteller a true gifted visionary can do it in such a way that it still leaves you on the edge of your seat like you you, you know that vader's not going to die you know that obi-wan's not going to die they see each other again but it's the in between that that character development that filling in that makes you go 
this is awesome. And I think it's also really awesome to watch Obi-Wan go from warrior Obi-Wan to old man Obi-Wan. You see that progression in episodes five and six very, really well done, right? I think it's, I also want to talk about the the Reva going after Luke scene. Um, I don't know if you saw it. There was either an article or a video I watched the day after it came out that talked about how the filmmakers were very careful to keep a key plot point from episode four intact. And that was the plot point about Luke's first time ever seeing a lightsaber is Obi-Wan's lightsaber. If you rewatch the scene with Reva, Luke never sees her lightsaber. Interesting. I guess now that I'm thinking about that scene, you're right. He never sees it. The one scene where she's got it out, his back is turned and he's crawling up that ladder. Yeah. And then she's got it off. He never, he, I, I thought through it. He never ever sees a lightsaber until Obi-Wan 10 years later. Interesting. Isn't that I mean, awesome? That's, that's good. And also, let me say, you know, I know in, in A New Hope, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru uh, right? pass away, but man, they must have taken some stormtroopers with them because yes, yes. Beru was like, uh, no, we're not running. Let me get my gun. <laughs> yeah, like kick butt, like Uncle yeah. Owen and Aunt Beru. Okay, let's talk cameos for a second. How awesome was it to see Ian McDermott as the Emperor pop up? I don't think any of us expected to see that. I mean, it's always great when he he makes an appearance as the yeah. Emperor. Like, there, this, he's, he's it. just great. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Yes. Do it, Anakin. <laughs> but then, obviously, in the final scene of the final episode, to see Liam Nelson like 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 make a cameo as Qui-Gon. We haven't seen Qui-Gon literally since 1999. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. know he's probably made some cameos in some of the cartoons and stuff, but I want to say once it's, it's not like he's, you know, it, he's like a major character in there. Like it was, it was a one time, I think like for 10 minutes or something like that. What I am um, really surprised we didn't see though, was any kind of a cameo from Yoda. Yeah. Um, Especially given that, like, Obi-Wan and Yoda talk in Episode 5 telepathically through the Force. No, Obi-Wan, in Episode 5, Obi-Wan is dead. Yeah, but they, he, 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 but he talks to him, though. Remember, Yoda says, I can't train this boy, and, and Obi-Wan from beyond says, you know, I was, you know, I was troubled, you know, I was a troubled pad one, too. But well, yeah, that's but what Obi-Wan like, is... That's when yeah, Obi-Wan's dead. They're not both alive. I, well, that's fair. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I mean, I, we know that they can transmit stuff because Luke does it in episode seven or eight. Yeah, you're, you're not so, wrong. But I just, I am shocked that we didn't see, I don't know, maybe it would have just felt forced or something. I mean, it is really cool. Yeah. Not quite gone, but. Yeah. I, 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 I like that they didn't go overboard on the cameos. Mm-hmm. And the cameos felt very natural. Like, felt natural that Darth Vader would be talking to Emperor Palpatine. That makes sense. (laughs) A big plot point of the entire series was Obi-Wan not being able to communicate with Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, you're right. A hundred percent. Yeah. So like, I mean, it goes literally all six parts. You hear about it. That makes sense. Um, I do have a question. Sure. Is Qui-Gon Jinn the most unlucky uh, Jedi ever? Because, um, 
how many people sustained lightsaber to the gut and are still alive? <laughs> but yet he takes a lightsaber to the gut and is dead. Like he's got to look at this going, wait a minute. <laughs> Where was the back to take when I was stabbed? <laughs> Yeah, Darth Maul literally gets cut in half, and he's still alive. Yeah. And then, and then of course, Reva gets it, and she's still alive. Yeah, no, you're right. That's, yeah, yeah. I, I, that was, that's one of those, it's, it's, I don't care about that. Like, I, I know a lot of people will get into, I, I, I understand that they are trying to fill in a lot of gaps. And yes, there's going to be some things that simply don't make sense or, are a little bit of a stretch or I, I, I get it. And I've just, I'm choosing to ignore it because I'm enjoying the content. I'm just going to choose to enjoy the content rather than try to, uh, exactly. well, you see in episode four, when this happens and here's the thing you talked about it, they're still taking, they're not just going like, ah, whatever we'll just do, whatever. The fact that they didn't have Reva turn her lightsaber on is means they're taking care of yes, yes. the, the episode four lore. You know, the fact that they and, did and and the episode three lore in the episode two and like this is one of those things where if you think if you look at the aesthetics of this movie it clearly bridges the gap between what you see in episode three through episode four it the aesthetics of this movie do a really good job of not defining itself in the the stylistic of episode four or episode three, it's a bridged gap. I mean, it, it, uh, you know, when they go to the one city with all the lights, that's a fun style, a fun aesthetic, which reminds you a little bit of like episode two from, from clone, you know, from attack of the clones. But then when you're on Vader's ship, you can clearly feel the death star vibe, right? You can yeah. feel that aesthetic. They do a really good job. Like you can tell that they have carefully bridged the gap between the two and that the creators really did care about it. And here's how, you know, from a response perspective, for the most part, the naysayers didn't have much to say. Again, there's like minor things that I, I get it. Like I get that. It's weird that he says, um, you know, I'm going to finish this and then doesn't. I, I get it. It's weird that when the whole galaxy is looking for him, he's just like publicly flying to the Organa's planet and being like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> like, well, maybe you should be a little bit more careful. <laughs> like, um, Someone's probably going to see you. Isn't this Empire controlled? Um, but I, I, I get it. I get it. Valid concerns. But those aren't concerned enough for me to be like the series is bad. Okay. I just, I've always had a more of a like suspension of disbelief and things like that. And this is not just with star Wars. And this, I think this is where, you know, with Marvel too, like I, I get that there's big flaws with the MCU. I get that there's big flaws in this, this and that. And I just choose to look past it and just enjoy the story <laughs> that I'm in. I think no matter what, whenever you are in the, the, the art of creation of creating some kind of a special work no matter how hard you try you're never going to be able to fill the gaps I, I can't think of any work out there that doesn't have some type of of a retcon that you got to be able to live i mean it, frankly put you, you when you're trying to create in the moment it, it the more you add to that universe the more difficult it gets you know i know that 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 lucasfilm gets so much flack for taking all of that expanded or all that legends content and, and, and or expanded universe content makes it legends or whatever way they refer to it now. But the reality is, is it got messy there. It, it got really messy there. 
and there was no until Disney bought it and, and Lucasfilm kind of kind of had control of this and George Lucas had control of it there was no general consensus about what was or was not canon and in order to continue to make great stories you had to declare a line right yeah and 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 that fell to disney when they made the decision to purchase the company the people who who are making the decisions about this though i think they're handling it with as much care as they possibly can and you can tell that they are fans right yeah and i am excited that the next series that are kind of coming out are now not a part of because here here's the one complaint that i have that it's just a complaint about, I guess it has nothing to do with really the series. I'm just kind of done with the Skywalker story. And yeah, but they're going to touch it. I, I think I, even Andor will touch it to some degree. I, I don't I, mind. I think we'll see Leia. I don't mind touching it. Like, like Luke, Luke Skywalker's cameo in Mandalorian season two. Oh, oh baby. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, here's the thing. I agree. The Skywalker saga, like it's time to move past, but here's the thing. You can't because the Empire is Anakin Skywalker. Like it's it's it is Palpatine, and it is Skywalker. So to some degree, no matter what Star Wars story you tell, will somehow touch the Skywalkers in some way. But to me, there's a difference between we're touching, we're we're living in the universe of the Skywalker saga, and this is a story about the Skywalker saga. So again, this okay. is not. I loved Obi Wan. I, you know, it, it obviously it would have been weird to do an Obi-Wan series with like that didn't touch in the Skywalker saga, but something like Andor, I'm excited about. Yes, I know that's in the Skywalker saga Empire universe, but I'm excited to see a different side of that. One of the reasons why did I love the Mandalorian, the same about, thing. Did you see the announcement about Andor? It's going to be a two series arc. Yeah. And it's going to be the first season, um, the first season, 12 episodes is going to be for the first year. And then the second season is broken up into 12 episodes, three episode arcs for each year for the next four years. So the whole series will take place over five years. I think what I'm most excited about this, and this is something that I've always wanted to see, is the beginnings of the rebellion. I want to yeah. see kind of how that starts. I thought we got a little bit of the undertones with this episode, with, with this series, seeing Leia, see, you know, her, her, her origin story a little bit. And of course the path and in, in the Jedi's escaping and everything. Yeah. I think we started to see some origins of the rebellion here. I can see, I mean, this is going to take place over five years. So here's the, this is a prequel to rogue one, right? So yeah, if Andor yeah. is a prequel to rogue one and rogue one happens right up to episode four, backtrack this out by five years this andor will be taking place only about three years after the events of obi-wan yeah yeah so it's fully possible this is all going to be interconnected and we've talked about this that i think this between episodes three and four i think is just a really fascinating time i enjoy content that comes at this time and i guess between six and seven is probably the next more fascinating Mm -hmm. time uh, like I, I'm not really dying to know, like, ooh, what happened yeah, between episodes? Mandalorian and Boba Fett right now. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. It, it is, it is absolutely very interesting, and just given the world and the climate that we're in right now, seeing the rise of a the rise of a rebellion against a tyrannical empire is also kind of interesting. The the geopolitical 
parts of it too. I think that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, all are we getting a Obi-Wan season two? You know, I heard some rumblings that they're, that they were thinking about a sequel, but to be honest with you, I don't think we need it. I, I, I don't, I think it did a good job positioning him, a good job positioning him kind of moving into the mountains as that old man. I don't think we need a season two at this point. I really don't. I think yeah. in a lot of ways, Andor serves as Obi-Wan season two. I mean, it kind of, if it, if it stays after the fact, I think that could work. I'm in the camp of, again, I just want, give me, introduce me to new characters, introduce me to new people in the galaxy. There's hundreds upon thousands of people in this galaxy. Let's hear their story. What are they doing? I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Like, I, yeah. I, I mean, if, they, if there's a good story to be told, it doesn't necessarily have to be a galaxy altering story. Let's hear what's going on in other planets. I'd like to see more of like Senator Organa and that whole thing. Honestly, I'd like to see more of like how Leia grows up. I, I think we're going to see some more of that. And in, 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 I mean, I know in, this uh, will touch on something you kind of like. What if it was like the West Wing, but Star Wars Senate? Yeah. Like, wouldn't yeah. that be an amazing series? That, that would be really cool. That would be really cool. I'd also love, I don't know if they're in the works of ever developing this or not, but I would love to see them go back in the days when the Jedi were in their heyday too. Yeah. Old Republic, baby. Like go old Republic, like really go old Republic. And like with old Republic, you could even still bring in elements of the Sith and elements of the rule of two and the various Sith Lords at the time. That could be a lot of fun. I mean, I I really think, again, that takes us completely out of the Skywalker realm completely because they don't even exist yet. So like that could be a lot of fun there too. I am Camp Old Republic. Like, make that movie. Make that movie right now. Yeah. Uh, I will say great job to the filmmakers. Great job to Deborah Chow. Great job to Kathleen Kennedy. For to John, you know, whoever John Favreau, whoever had anything to do with this. This this was the series that we wanted. And and, and when McGregor, I mean, way to go, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> He he played that part amazingly. He's just an amazing actor, you know. I agree, and I've seen him in lots of other stuff too. And I just like Moulin him in everything Rouge. that I see him in. Moulin, Moulin Rouge. Rouge. Um, Christopher Robin. He did a nice job in. Yeah, he did. Yeah, like, I thought he did a nice job in that movie. Um, uh, I've seen him as the villain in a couple things. That I like him in. Like it, it's it's great. It's great. You've seen him as a villain. I don't know if I've ever seen him as a villain. Um, the. Um, Birds of Prey film, the Harley Quinn solo film. Oh, okay. uh, he plays the main villain in there, and I thought he did a really fun job. It was really good. Any other thoughts before we uh, wrap up? I think I'm all good. I'm I'm okay. I have to say this is transitioning out of Obi Wan. I've been watching the Ms. Marvel MCU series. Yeah, it's downright funny. I have to tell you of this one moment because um, because I'm not going to try to convince you to watch it. So I just have to tell you this one moment. So. Kamala is uh, the, you know, Ms. Marvel, and she uh-huh. wants to go to Avengers Con, which okay. is the, you know, Comic-Con for Avengers and things That's like that. Already. But her parents are, you know, not wanting her to go. But her her mom and dad, her mom says, uh, you know, hey, we've decided to let you go. Here are the parameters. You know, you can go for this amount of time, and your dad is going to go with you. So her dad is this balding Pakistani Indian man, and he... And and he bursts into a room, totally green, dressed as the Hulk, and like, 
and I laughed out loud. Uh, that is hilarious. So yeah, I don't, I don't have an interest in watching Miss Marvel. I think I've settled on kind of my equilibrium point with the Marvel movies, or with Marvel, and it is the movies. Like, may, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch like season two of Loki, and you know, things. But for the, for the most part, it is the movies. Um, I know you haven't seen it yet, but Thor: Love and Thunder. I posted this in the group. We're gonna do a recap in a couple of weeks, friends. Stop what you're doing right now and go watch that. Casey's faith has been restored. Nate and I looked at each other last night and said, he goes, that's probably one of the best Marvel movies I've ever seen. I said, that was the best Marvel movie I have ever seen. Like beat beat Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. Because Endgame is very heavy. Endgame is Endgame is the culmination of a lot of things. This is a two hour movie. It is straight up two hours. That is all it is. Two hours. It is hilarious hilarious all i gotta just say is listen for the goats the goats will make your day okay the the goats uh, it it is it is hilarious i i I, every time like something turns around you're going wait they did what like it just ah i i have no it'd be you know you know how much you how much you loved thor ragnarok i did i did it is 10 times better than thor ragnarok Okay, that, I mean, I was already excited for it. I'm, I'm seeing. I went to imagine as, as I was telling this before beforehand. I went to imagine the gathering event uh, last night, and then we had this. I, I'm going to and... say this, everybody, little kids, you need to plug your ears for one second because Casey's going to say a swear because it's part of the movies. Okay, so close your ears for ten seconds, Matt. You'll leave out of there feeling shitty. So I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. That you'll understand it once you see the movie. Okay. Okay. You're gonna, okay. You're gonna leave out of there feeling like that, so you can unplug your ears now, little kids. So yeah, <laughs> I think oh, I'm allowed goodness. to say that. I don't think it'll be bad on the pod. I don't think it'll kill our pod. It'll be fine. So, I'll put explicit on there. <laughs> no, no, don't do that because then then it you know not safe for. Gosh, don't want to do that. So no, no, no. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, it is closing time. The bartender is saying, "Quit using that language in my bar." And. Uh, <laughs> My one pint of beer is gone. (laughs) I've been drinking my flavored water today, so I'm still. Well, I am over COVID. I still got the cough, so I'm trying to. Yeah, I hear you. No, I I, I've been drinking a Revolution Brewing Hazy Hero Hazy India Pale Ale. I drank enough beer last week for a while. My my buddy Gary was in, and and yeah, I've still got some zombie dust down in my yeah my my fridge. So, Um, okay, if you want to get a hold of us, www.sorcererrnetwork.com. You can find out all the episodes, latest episodes on beers and ears as well as discontinued on display. I've actually got to do a couple of updates to get them in the categories, but they're still all on there. Um, Matt's got several articles up on there right now, which is really awesome. I have been lacking. I have not been writing. I'm writing my book, so I really haven't been focused on the articles. No worries. Um, yeah, so sorcererrnetwork.com. Check us out. Find us on Facebook at uh, Beers and Ears Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Beers Ears 1928. Of course, you can always email us to get old-fashioned email, beersandears1928 at gmail.com. We do read your reviews, and we do read your posts. In fact, several of the t- episode topics that we've got coming up over the next 90 days are because people have requested them. Uh, someone had requested Tangled. We've got that coming up. We've got a really fun episode on the Emperor's New Groove coming up. Oh, my God. Oh, um, yeah. We have got some top tens coming up. We've even got coming up later in the fall another Court of Disney Redemption coming up. Y'all remember that one we did Home on the Range? Yeah, these are real. Um, 
we've got another one of those coming up for a very not well-liked Disney movie. Um, and this one doesn't have music in it to save Matt. Like it doesn't the, have the yodeling song. It the yodeling song in it. So. Can every bad movie be saved by the yodeling song? I think so. <laughs> but we've got we've got just lots of fun content coming up. Um, we, we've heard you. We've had a lot of Marvel and Star Wars lately. We get it. So you're going to have a lot of Disney content coming up here really fast. So, um, okay, let's raise our glasses. Uh, can I say one more thing? Um, yeah. I've also started streaming uh, twitch.tv slash Sorcerer Matt, playing some Disney games, playing some non-Disney games. Come on over. It's a great time. You can watch me. You can watch me be terrible at games. At like, the, it's 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 been very fun. <laughs> We've got a review of Disney Dreamlight Valley coming up in September. Matt and I are both planning on getting that. If you're planning on getting that, we should all share a friend code. Tell them what we got. Yeah, so, we need to. We need to. Uh, we need. I will probably be streaming some of that. Form a community. So, all right, raise your glass. This so, episode's been on us. We is. will see you next time. All right, bye everyone, and may the force. And also with you. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.